A lot of ways we can improve our teaching and mindset so that our history and social studies classrooms tell a more complete, diverse human story. I'm Sherilyn Amendola, and this is the Teaching History of Hooray podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Teaching History Her Way podcast. My name is Sherilyn Amendola, and I am your host. If you are a new listener, welcome. I'm so very, very happy that you're here. I have so much to share, and so do my guests. And if you are a returning listener, thanks for coming back. I really appreciate that you come back all the time or from time to time to chat with me when we have a brand new episode. Today, I am really, really excited about our guest. I have had Tim Smythe's book, Teaching with Comics and Graphic Novels, for a while. I'm still waiting for my autograph. I haven't been able to catch him yet. And it really changed the way I looked at comics because I have always looked at comics as for fun. We read the Darth Vader comics in my house and we we bring home some of the Marvel ones, but I've never thought to use any of those in my classroom until I read Tim's book and he offers some really practical applications for you to use right away in your classroom. So to introduce Tim, Tim Smythe is a high school social studies educator of more than 20 years who travels the country giving professional development on the power of teaching with comics. Tim has been a part of a global online comics and education program through the U.S. State Department, uniting students through pop culture and shared experiences. He has been published by many outlets sharing his experiences in the classroom and also shares many of his resources on his website, teachingwithcomics.com. You can find that in the show notes. In July of 2022, his first book was published from Rutledge, Teaching with Comics and Graphic Novels. Additionally, he works with publishers such as Scholastic, Macmillan, and PBS to create teacher guides and curriculum. In his work with educators, Smythe has also facilitated coursework through the University of Pennsylvania Graduate Studies Program using his book as the core text. Tim is a true comics and education evangelist, knowing the importance of this medium as his own three nerdy kids have come to love all things literacy through comics. Tim, welcome. Thank you. Well, that was a great intro. Thank you so much. I'm Like I said, I'm so glad you're here because I think this is such an untapped resource and I mean, I know in the classroom, I don't think of everything, but amongst the educators that I've spoken to, we think of a lot of stuff. And this is not something that has come had come across my desk until you published your book. That's awesome. Thank you. So as someone who has always loved comics, what inspired you to hunker down and write a book for teachers? Um, so just even using comics in my classroom, I was a teacher for a long time before I started to do that. Like I always tell the story that when I was a teacher, we were brought in with the idea of, you know, don't let the kids see a smile till Christmas, you know, don't share anything about yourself, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just thought that comics would get laughed at, even though it was something that I always loved. And so when Miles Morales came out, um, you know, he's half Puerto Rican, half black Spider-Man. And I just happened to start talking about it in my classroom and the kids got so excited and we started having these great conversations and kids who really were quiet in the classroom kids like I was as a kid um and I was like wow okay like these kids were more impressed that Spider-Man was black than we had a black president like it was it was awesome and so that's how I started bringing it into the classroom and then in terms of the book um honestly people just kept telling me like you have to publish a book you have to do a book you have to do a book um because I, I wrote an article for PBS about how I fell in love with teaching again um literally the year I almost quit and an editor reached out to me from PBS because of Twitter 
and she asked me if I would write an article about using comics in the classroom. And it just changed everything I did. And I was like, you know what? Screw all the noise. Screw all the observations and paperwork and all the things we have to do as a teacher. I'm going to do teaching how I love to do teaching. And I've never looked back. So the book, um, I, unfortunately, we, we look at authors as like, um, you, you have to have a book. We still have that thing, even though we have blogs and we do YouTubes. And so our literacy and the ability to publish needs to go beyond a book. But I knew by putting all my ideas together into a book, it would give me a little bit more weight. And it actually opened the door now to me to doing keynotes and people fly me out and pay me actual money to talk about comics. And um, now my, my book's up for an Eisner Award. So anyway, I mean, I, I could talk a lot about that, but it was really just the encouragement um, I think as a teacher, and I think we need to encourage one another to do that, to share our voice, like you're doing with a podcast, like other people do with blogs, other people do with whatever it might be. Um, and we need to understand that we need to help control that conversation about education in this country. And we can't do that unless we share what we're doing. Absolutely. It doesn't help to stay behind a closed door. Doors open, voice is loud. I love that especially the idea of encouraging teachers to use their voices so that we keep control of our classrooms and what goes on. Yeah. And, and, and we're losing education students. Like they're not going to college. And so I love going to colleges and talking to education majors about it's more than all this negative things you're hearing in the media and everything. There's so much that I love about teaching. And, and I think that makes a difference too. And what I'm hearing from you is that you fell back in love with teaching when you were able to use it as an art form. Teaching is an expression. It, it's an expression of self through the through the medium that we use in order to compel kids to want to learn. Yeah, I'm lucky to work in a district where we're not scripted and they kind of let me do my thing. Um, you know, we have some common uh, unit tests and things like that, but how I get there is is left up to me. So I'm lucky with that. So that leads me to a little bit of a transition. Why do you think comics are a good way for teachers to reach students or even assess students? Um, the, the whole big thing is like, it, as history teachers, we know, and when we talk about media literacy, when we want kids to, um, take a look at a political cartoon, right. And, and, and pull it apart, um, it, as a humanities teacher. And so I'm also a reading specialist. And when I have my students annotate text, a poem, music lyrics, whatever it might be, my comic book readers, myself included, are the most skilled at doing that. Because that is naturally what you do when you read a comic. Is your it really is if you're reading it the right way. It, it it's really deep reading, and you're noticing all the things that are going on in that one panel or two panels. And my my comic book readers can teach my other students how to do that because the other students will skip through. So it really forces students whether they're reading prose or they're they're reading a uh, campaign advertisement on on TV or YouTube to really look for that visual and textual evidence. Um, and so that's like the number one thing. Um, and it's just then on top of that, what I love about visual literacy is it opens the door for individual interpretation. And so in the beginning of the year, I use some wordless comics. And I have like Nat Turner by Kyle Baker. It's based on the uh, the confessions of Nat Turner. And there's no words in the book. And I hand it to the kids and I say, your job is to, for each page, you tell me what you think is going on. And particularly my honors and AP students who are so terrified of being wrong, um, they'll come up to me and they'll say, well, well what's, what, what's going on on this page? And I'll say, I, I don't know. It's up to you. And all of a sudden now it opens the door because 
kids who are reading the same page, they're disagreeing over what those images mean. And all of a sudden they understand that you can have 10 different opinions and all those opinions can be correct. As long as you show me the work, the evidence. So those two things together, um, and it, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Like, um, yeah. and it's and it's different, and it's it's all that part of it too. Um, but it really is, you know, I tie everything I do to Common Core, to C three, to all those things that we do as teachers. Um, I mean, literally in Common Core, it actually says graphic novels. So there's all that piece of it too, without getting into the technical piece of everything. But yeah. So you said that your students who are good at reading comics are your best readers and your best annotators. What does it mean to be good at reading a comic? So um, I'll give you, for instance, my kids, my own, I say, we always say kids. I mean, my biological children. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> right. right. Um, they're on their reading uh, Olympics teams. So that's what they call it in Pennsylvania. So these are kids who join clubs in middle school and high school, and they read books, and then they compete against other schools and they answer questions. So on those book lists, we're seeing more and more graphic novels. And my my own children are always at an advantage because a lot of times the other kids who are advanced readers will like skip pages because they don't have words on them. And if you're a comic book reader, you know, those are probably the most important pages. Um, and so that's that skill um, really of that, that it really forces you to slow down. And so my kids always like wipe up those questions about uh, the comic books. They're always the best on their team. and a lot of those students like me, like I try to be the teacher I needed um, when I was a kid. I try to be the teacher, like my son has said, he wished he could be a student in my classroom. Like that's the best compliment ever. Um, and it's those kids that we, you know, we say comic books aren't real reading and they're not real literacy. And now all of a sudden they get to my class in 10th grade and all of a sudden now they have a voice to share. Um, that the idea that reading, again, I'm a reading specialist, reading is reading. Um, and, and we need to right. we need to move past that idea of what real literacy is. And as long as they're understanding and making meaning and moving forward and understanding what we're trying to get across, I'm well open to the medium that we're using to do that. One hundred percent. My older son was not a reader because reading was hard for him. And he asked me for comic books. Absolutely. Here, take it. And and it, comic books opened the door for my own child. And now I read them too. Yeah. And, and comic books are great. Like my son too, that, that's always a story I tell. And it's one of the reasons why I went back to school to be a reading specialist was, he, so I, without getting all into it, my son has this uh, really rare form of meningitis. So he gets really bad migraines. He gets really bad uh, nerve pain. And, and so he has every single reason to not want to be in school. And in kindergarten, he was, kindergarten, he was turned a reluctant reader because he didn't want to read the silly little boring Bob books that his teacher was giving him. Right. And so I was trying to be a good parent and back the teacher up because I was a teacher. And so we took away all of his superhero stuff because she kept saying that comics were getting in the way. And then it dawned on me, like, what the hell am I doing? He wants to read comics. Why wouldn't we do that? And so now he loves to read everything. He He's fantastic. Uh, he's going into 10th grade next year. He loves to read everything. And so, like you said, it was that door that was open. But it's also more than just a door. Like I said, I, I use comics in college courses. I use it in AP. I use it in honors. It really teaches students to read on a deeper level. And you've got gutter. So the gutter in a comic is between the panels. And there's a lot going on there. So in a prose book, the author literally tells the reader what to think and what to imagine. Where in a comic book, you have to make that meaning on your own and make certain assumptions and make certain guesses and make certain predictions. 
that is a really super higher level of reading um, that a lot of people, I think, not a lot, but some people miss out on um, when they want to say that comics aren't aren't real aren't real reading or real literature. One of the most difficult things for my high flyer readers to do is make inferences. Comic books force you to do that. Absolutely. So how does one then read and annotate a comic? There is a part of your book talks about reading and annotating comics. I thought it was fascinating and I wanted to know a little bit more. Um, so as I started doing this more and more, I mean, it's funny because I'm going to talk about um, the March graphic novels, but um, by Andrew Iden, so uh, and Nate Powell and based on the life of John Lewis, who, who co-wrote the books, uh, Congressman John Lewis, um, may he rest in peace. But um, I used to give out like these large packets, right? Like as a teacher, it's like, well, you must answer these questions to prove to me that you know what you're reading and you've got it, all this kind of stuff. And it killed the kids. And I was so excited for them to read this book. And I was like, what's going on? Why aren't they so excited? They were spending more time just trying to answer the questions. So literally what I do now is, and it's so awesome. I put the books out on the table and I put out giant piles of sticky notes. And that's my whole lesson. And so I say to the kids, you put sticky notes on the pages where you're moved, where you have a question, where you have an exclamation point, where you have a connection. Where... And so again, particularly my honors and AP kids will say, well, how many sticky notes do we have? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Because if I said you need to have 20 sticky notes, that's what they would do. And then they would be done. If I said you need to have five questions, two connections, three, that's all that they would do. But now they're not worried about answering a packet. They're actually worried about reading and understanding. And so when they hand those books into me, they're they're like like totally open with sticky notes sticking out everywhere. Um and it fills my heart with joy because they just start naturally talking as they're annotating the comic. So, right. So they can't write in them because I only have 30 copies, um, but they can do it with sticky notes. And they're like, well, how come you have a sticky note here? Well, I don't have a sticky note there. And so when they're doing that, that's the same skills that we do for annotating a textbook um, or a poem or what, like, like I said, like whatever it might be. And so then my students do those same skills. And I literally will sit back at my desk, put my feet up on my desk, grab the book and put sticky notes in. And I read with the kids and I've read the March graphic novels. I don't know, probably 30 times. And I get different things out of those images every single time that I read. Um, so that's what I mean by annotating. It's, it's, and so my, my kids, that's an expectation in my classroom. If they turn in any, any work that I gave them, that's not annotated, I'll hand it back to them. Um, if they hand me something back with no questions on it, I hand it back to them because I said, you're not thinking. You should always have questions, always want to know more. And so it's the comic books that help them. They get into that habit of doing that. So those skills are very highly transferable with those annotations. I love that. And you also talk about essay writing. So I'm thinking about all of these skills that history teachers teach all the time. And we're always reaching for different ways to do these things and to get through to our students. And um, when I was reading using comic, using comics to teach essay writing, I was really drawn into that because I'm always looking for new ways to help students organize their thoughts, to help students draw meaning out of the text. And then I read Stormtroopers and I was like, zone it. <laughs> when, when you say Star Wars, I am there. So um, your chapter talks about using MLA format and having six paragraphs written about images of Stormtroopers. How does how does that work out for you? And what does that look like? Um, 
so right so and i love the fact i don't know if you meant to say it but you said draw meaning from that that's a good pun uh when we're talking about comics <laughs> um so so yeah like any teacher does when we read something we're always thinking all right how can i use it in the classroom like i can never just read for total joy anymore because we want to see how we can use it in the classroom so i happen to read this comic book by jason aaron um the star wars comic and the comic book tells you the story from the stormtroopers point of view so there's this guy, uh, the narrator on a planet, and this planet is a mess. People are in fighting pits and it's chaos and there's no government. And the stormtroopers land and they bring order to the planet and they give him a uniform and they give him pride. And And as a history teacher, you're going to start making connections to Nazis. And that's exactly right. Um, that that's, you know, Hitler did these things. There's a reason why people followed him. Um, so for the narrator, they were the good guys, if you will. So particularly in like an AP course, but we, we teach these really heavy because in, in college, we know our, it's not content. Our students are really struggling with with writing. Um, and so to, to teach that and then on top of that, teach, you know, the Roman Empire or to teach about colonialism, all the heavy content. It's tough to do that. So I do this lesson really early in the year. Um, and when I was at the comic book store, I'm like, all right, do you have 30 copies of these? Because I'm, I'm buying 30 copies for my classroom. Um, and so we divorce the heavy content from the writing skills, um, and we make it fun and we make it exciting. And what's great is, um, uh, the star Wars nerds have a real problem with writing that essay because of <laughs> course they, of course they know the stormtroopers are the bad guys. Um, but they can only use the text, uh, the information from the tip, from the comic. They can only use the primary source. Um, and so they use visual evidence, they use textual evidence, and they're, they're, honestly, fights erupt in my classroom in a good way, um, because, you know, and so if a student who's never read, doesn't know anything about Star Wars, is actually at an advantage with all this. So then we talk about, like, DBQs, and hey, DBQs are a gift, because you can walk into that DBQ and just have kind of a, a document-based question, and just kind of a, a general idea about history, but if you know how to annotate and get into that text, you should do fine. And so my students, they have to, it's a binary choice. They're good or they're evil. I will not let them choose the, well, sometimes this and sometimes that. And so they have to form a thesis. It's a six paragraph essay. They have to include the counter argument. They're, they're taught how to do MLA because they're doing in-text citations. I mean, it's all from one source. Um, and then later in the year, when I teach about the rise of Hitler and totalitarianism, we talk about the first order. We talk about the emperor. We talk about those connections to uh, Mein Kampf and uh, Triumph of the Will, you know, Hitler's uh, big propaganda movie and all those things. And now they go back to the beginning of the year. So again, so they're taking those skills. And now when the first, I guess, real essay, content essay comes up, they're not so worried about the skills anymore. And it was fun and it was exciting. And they remember how to transition and how to do citations. They remember how to pre-write. They remember how to take a look at textual and visual evidence. And it's like, boom, I got them. And, and that's like the second week of school. I love that. And I can't wait to use it in my classroom. I have two more questions for you. And both of them, I know you're going to be able to talk about a lot, but I, I want to know about hard discussions. You have a chapter in your book that talks about that. But then you also have other chapters in your book that specifically delve into hard topics. But how does a comic book help teach 
events like the Holocaust or about school shootings, about refugees and immigration, I feel like some teachers might say, I can't use a comic for that because it's too serious. But reading your book, the comics are serious. Right. So so there's a misconception that comic books are pal, bam, zoom, you know, Adam West, Batman from the 1960s. And there's there's some of that. Um, but there's lots of different comics that they're not all superhero stories, but even the superhero stories, um, I mean, Green Lantern in the 1970s, um, you know, he comes out and there's a, a black gentleman who approaches him and says, listen, like you're protecting the planet and you're taking care of the purple skins and everything else. But what about the black people on the planet? And so it raises the question about, you know, we have all these superheroes and are going off and doing all these great things, but we still have poverty and we still have war and we, how come they're not ending all these things? So in one literal panel that I put up on my smart board from that, it opens up a whole conversation. Um, I wrote an article for PBS, if you search, I guess, my name for PBS and, and 9-11 um, on how to use what's called the Black Issue, Amazing Spider-Man number 36, that was written right after 9-11. So um, Marvel Comics takes place in the real world um, and mostly in New York City. So Spider-Man has spun webs and, and gone through the Twin Towers. And so they made the decision to make 9-11 part of the Marvel Universe. And so this comic book, Spider-Man is at ground zero when the planes hit. And I used this comic with my daughter first. She was, I don't know, maybe second or third grade. And so I'm real careful about 9-11 because I know those of us who live through it, we have a lot of emotional, I, I don't mean to, to sound callous, but we have a lot of imagine, uh, emotional baggage about all that, right? Like it means a lot to us. Um, and so in some cases, I found that we were dumping this on the kids year after year after year. And the kids are like, yeah, we got it. Like, you know, it was awful. It was this, that, and the other. So my daughter had come home from school and her teacher has shown a video. And in the video, they had some of the people who were jumping out of the towers. Um, and she was shaken she was so upset um and i don't think the teacher meant to do it or whatever it was so then i said all right let's read this comic book together and spider-man wasn't so scary spider-man was somebody that she knew um spider-man was somebody who was a hero and so in that comic the civilians who are at ground zero are questioning spider-man and the other heroes who show up and they say things like you know how could you let this happen like you're superheroes how could this happen where superheroes are in this city? And so that replaces this idea of the United States, like we're the strongest country in the world. How could this possibly happen to us? And so we were able to use this comic that I now use with my high school students to open up this conversation in a non-threatening, non-crying, like super emotional type of a way, but also very meaningful. And then, oh yes, by the way, comic books and pop culture are primary source material. Um, they are artifacts about what goes on in our society. So so I begin the year with that Spider-Man comic when we get to, to 9-11. Um, and I think a, a question you you're, you may ask later if I make that connection is like, how can teachers use a lesson like in their class tomorrow? Like that's what everybody wants to know. Um, so if you go to my website, teachingwithcomics.com, the most popular part of my website is um, a, a, on the waffle. It says free comics. So these are all different comics that I found that people are let teachers use for free. They're digital. They're online. We're allowed to use them in our classrooms. Um, so there's all different topics there. And in one of those is a comic that's called Medaya Mom. So Medaya Mom is a comic that was put together by ABC News. 
and Marvel Comics. And it it traces uh, the story of a mom in Medea, Syria, who is just trying to have her family survive in the midst of this civil war. And it brings capital H history down to that individual. Um, and a lot, it, it, comics force us as readers to be emotionally responsible for what's going on in that comic. Like we literally see these events. We, we get to know these characters. And it's a really powerful primary uh, source because where ABC News got this information was this mother was texting two reporters at ABC News what was going on. And they used an artist, uh, Talibor Dalajek from Marvel Comics, who survives. He's my age. He he grew up during the breakup of Yugoslavia and experienced that violence there. And so emotionally, Marvel thought he would be a good choice to draw this other civil war. Um, and it's it's so powerful. And so we use that comic. And so I'll do things like ask the students to uh, what's your what's the most important panel to you and why do you think that and what's going on and all those things. Um, so you can even just Google Madaya Mom. There's videos about how they made the comic. Um, and then we had the uh, editors, I'm sorry, the the reporters Skype into my classroom. Um, one was in Paris and one was in New York. And they talked to us about the comic and how they made it. And they said to my 10th graders, it was so such a powerful moment. They said that the fact that my 10th graders were reading this comic had a huge impact on them. And they both teared up and they said, now we know that we're getting her story out there. So these huge like ABC reporters, it meant so much to them that we were talking about their work in the classroom. And I think sometimes teachers underestimate the power of what we do. Um, so, and then that that just leads into like the Jewish Holocaust and slavery and all these topics. Um, you know, if we show all these images of all these dead bodies, whether whatever the event might be, like our students are going to turn off and rightfully so. But if we can zoom in on a person or a family, if we can take a look at Anne Frank's diary uh, as a graphic novel adaptation, if there's all these different sources um, that are out there, it, it's not it's not a joke. It's not fluff. It's it's taken very seriously. Um, and I could talk about this for, for hours, the different topics. But um, yeah, it's I mean, literal tears from students and they write about what they see um, in these comics and. Um, like you had mentioned, the school shootings, there's a, a, a Champions, it's my favorite superhero team, uh, Champions comic by Jim Zub, and there's a school shooting at Miles Morales' high school. And so, again, I went and bought 30 copies of that book. Um, and so even my 10th graders, like we don't even talk to kids, I think, a lot of times about this. It's just their normal that we do these drills and everything. And so we use this comic to understand. And there's just one really powerful page in there where the students are doing a drill it's, it's quote unquote just a drill and there's three students sitting in the corner and one girl is crying and you can tell how shaken she is even though it's just a drill and this is how i feel every single time we do these drills and what's brilliant is this girl is wearing a hijab and so that's what's brilliant about comics too because when we read prose unless it's described otherwise research has, has let us know that most people will will in in their head envision a straight white character. So rather than taking five pages to describe everybody in the classroom, in that one panel, we literally see the diversity in that classroom. And so even that, uh, that visual literacy piece of it, I'm sorry, I, I know I just talked a whole lot about, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's something that we can do through comics. Absolutely. I am so inspired and I can't wait to go to Time Warp to go grab some comics uh, after this conversation and also to your website to see what 
you have in that section to offer. So I do want to ask you what your final thoughts are. If you can leave us with one final thought or several, what do you want teachers to know? I, I would say it, it actually doesn't particularly have to do with comic books. It, it has to do with, and it sounds cheesy, but what what are you passionate about as a teacher? And how can you, so summer's coming up, um, or at, w- when this comes out, this will be the beginning of the school year. Um, what is it that you're passionate about that you can bring into your classroom? And it might be, com- so for me, it's comic books and hip hop. Um, and that's a whole nother discussion. Those actually go together really, really well. Um, and so we we use hip hop a lot to understand modern civic uh, civil rights issues around the world and things like this. But anyway, um, it literally changed and saved me as, as a teacher by being able to, and that is the number one thing I get on feedback from students at the end of the year, that I'm like crazy passionate about what I do and how I do it. And that transfers over to the students. And so when they see me doing that, they are then encouraged to, so if I say, all right, here's the assignment and this, this is how I want you to do it. Sometimes the students will come back to me and say, well, how about we do it this way? And I'm like, go for it. And it just changes the whole, it's not so much just me anymore. Um, and trust me, I am like <laughs> a super challenging, difficult teacher with really high level expectations for the kids. Um, so again, it, it this all kind of comes in together. And, and one example I'll give is we used to write a research paper on on castles and kids would create 3D models. And I had a kid say to me, well, can I use Minecraft? And this was years ago. I had no idea what Minecraft was. Can I use Minecraft to design my castle? And I initially told him, no. I'm like, no, here's the rubric. Here's the expectations. And something in the back of my head said, you know what? Uh, Sure. So he did. And this kid, he must have spent a month or more designing this castle. And he was able to put on the smart board and literally walk us through this castle. And there's like a random sheep that runs through and all this kind of stuff. And the kids were in awe. And he knew so much about castles because I literally just told him yes. And so that is and I write this about this in my book, if nothing else, I needed as as a strict kind of inflexible teacher when I first started, I needed somebody to give me permission to do these things. So if nothing else out of this whole uh, conversation that we're having, give yourself that permission to do that thing that is going to make your teaching that much more engaging and make you fall in love with it all over again. I love that. Tim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. If you would like to be in touch with Tim, you can find him on Twitter at History Comics or go to his website, teachingwithcomics.com. And if you'd like to be in touch with me, you can visit me at www.teachinghistoryherway or on Twitter at historyherway or on Instagram at teachinghistoryherway. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I will catch you next time.